the bloody good film podcast. Welcome to a podcast about the only two genres of film that matters. Action and horror. I'm your host, Josh. This is the Bloody Good Film Podcast. And as you can tell, my specific bro, Jesse, isn't here this week. But there is no way I could talk films of this magnitude by myself. Returning once again to talk Pacific Rim and Pacific Rim Uprising is my good friend Kelly. Welcome back, Kelly. Got you time, baby. I think you're coming in with your own spit on how to do these fucking intros. It's always a fucking baby at the end of everything. I'm telling you, it's for the wrestling fans. They know. <laughs> with the yeah, I was opening that up. There's no way I know anything about wrestling. Uh, actually, I don't. We did quizzes on that, and I failed miserably. These are two films I had not seen. One of them since theater, and Uprising I had never seen. I think you were on the same footing as me when we last Exactly talked. the same. I saw one in theaters and never again, and then never saw the sequel. And I generally talk shit about Yomirio Del Toro. He has like some exceptions. Blade 2 fucking rocks. And then you thought he could do comic book movies really well, and then he did Hellboy. And that movie is repetitive as hell, which kind of makes sense again. I refuse to watch it. I, I had it's, given up on him by that point. This one just happened to have like giant fucking monsters. I'm like, I'm going to give him a shot. And he may have wowed me a little bit. But also, the first Hellboy came out before I realized I wasn't a fan of his. Because I hadn't even <laughs> seen Hans Labyrinth and realized uh, what a missed opportunity happened throughout that entire film. Like, great looking film. Missed opportunity left and right for something actually interesting to have. I think he's like Tim Burton. He should work on uh, set production. Because a lot of my problems with uh, one of these films, uh, can't say which, one of them might have had him more to do with it the other uh were because the the best parts of it were set design but uh besides that let's not dip into pacific rim just yet i put an article on instagram that had quoted stallone saying that arnold was a superior action star and i'm concerned about stallone now because obviously the hits to his head have hurt his uh, cognitive ability because Stallone's the superior action star. He even makes points as to why he's the superior action star. He's the better actor. I give you that. That doesn't matter. If we're going action, just action star, Stallone's done more. So he's the better actor and he's done more. But I think Arnold's action movies have had more of an impact. Like he's the bigger the bigger action star. He's the more accessible action star. He's like The Rock. He could have coasted by doing PG-13 movies and everybody would have thought he's fucking amazing. But if you're going to go on quality, you're going to go Stallone. And Stallone in that article. And the only reason why I'm rehashing this is because of this article pissed me off because it's Stallone saying all the wrong things. This is what <laughs> happens when you go into reality TV shows and start saying stupid things all the time in interviews. <laughs> Stallone mentioned that Arnold came about like un touched in his action movies he oh he was like going through the craziest fucking things 
doesn't even get a fucking limp. While Stallone did, like, first blood gets his ass handed to him a lot. Not, like, completely. He still hands out more ass kickings than he gets, but he's hurt by the end of the film. A lot of his movies, Stallone feels it. Arnold doesn't do that. Arnold, like, he he just stands there looking muscly and, like, saying one-liners. That's that's, that's cool. That's great. Stallone got his ribs broken because he sold Dolph Lundgren to hit him as hard as he could. And he sent him to the hospital. So Stallone's taking real damage for his crack while Arnold's just standing there posing real badass. Like, that's the sign of a better action star. So uh, Stallone, I feel, may be... Like, he may say that Arnold's the better one, but I'm going to disagree with the man himself, Stallone, and say Stallone always will be superior. So if you'd stand back, look at just your action action stars stallone obviously has rambo right like rambo's an rambo's an iconic character and he has rocky but i don't know if i consider rocky movies action i'd put him in the action genre we consider kickboxer an action movie we consider Bloodsport an action movie boxing movies just take out the feet i'd still put those action they're like action drama but they're action i can give you that but then when you when you put those aside and then you bring in Conan, Terminator, and I'm blanking on the third one I had in my head right now. Um, I can't help you. Those were the two that came to my mind. Oh, and... Jingle All and, the Way? And, uh, no, Predator. His I forgot his fucking name right now. I was thinking franchises is what you were going for. But, like, those three franchises slash just hey, movies. He's only like one. He doesn't get credit for the Predator franchise. Yeah, but he's the... Out of all the Predator movies, he's the coolest fucking character. Like, I, I, I like Carl Weathers better. He's good too. He's good. So is Jesse the Body Ventura. But Arnold's yeah. fucking man then. And just those three, you those are like action fucking like that's those three characters alone are fucking Mount Rushmore action movies. The why is the head of the Mount Rushmore of action movies? Stallone is Barney Russ in fucking expendable. <laughs> I mean, he's fucking hey. Abraham Lincoln. He's Washington. He's <laughs> Roosevelt. He's all three heads. And then Arnold's just like pecking at his bow tie on the statue. Look, That's I'm, a Lee Christmas, on it. I'm a Lee Christmas man myself. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited for the new one, despite the fact that Barney's only going to be a limited character. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just had to address it. It rubbed me the wrong way, especially since I went all condescending on, uh, on face on Instagram with it and said, it says he's a superior at your star, not <laughs> the superior at your star. And then I read through the article because I, I guess I skimmed it bad the first time. Like, oh, he says he is the, the superior action star. Stallone, I mean, what are you doing to me, buddy? I mean, look, at the end of the day, look, I got no, I got nothing against I love Stallone. I fucking love him. I love more of his movies than I do Arnold's. I, I, you know, it's like I said, I'm just going based on the term action star. Who's the biggest? And I'd say it's Arnold. But Because he's the more easily accessible one. He's, but he's they're, not but the better action star. He's just like family right of them. I mean, like, if, if I'm saying Arnold's the best, I mean, Stallone's fucking right next to him it's like he stands like an inch taller you know what i mean like just they're both right there so for him to say that it's like not even a big deal i think because it's like everyone knows it's like they're almost equals they're like you know the immovable fucking object and unstoppable force or whatever like i'm I'm just gonna lay down this before we get into the pacific rim arnold's biggest movie he was head co-starring with badass woman and an annoying kid. And <laughs> so like he couldn't even hold up his biggest movie on his own. Stallone's biggest movie. He is the fucking lead. There's no question about it. <laughs> Arnold was a fucking appliance in Terminator 2. It's not even the better Terminator, but that's another debate. Stallone was like a man who fucking hurt and bled in Rambo and then yeah. became the biggest badass in like most ripped ass dude by the third one, which isn't very good, but it's still a harder action movie than most of our. Yeah. 
You take Conan the Barbarian and he's beating Rambo every day. It, that's he in in a fight. I'd say maybe Conan would win, but uh, it'd be that'd be a close one. But we're going full filmography. Give me uh, the crossover comic, man. You want the action star that's really good in comedies? Apparently, I mean, I disagree. <laughs> I think Kindergarten Cop's solid, and I, I'm Jingle All the Way's okay. But then Jingle All the Way's great. Junior, <laughs> Junior is trash. I finally saw Twins for the first time a couple months ago. Hated it. That was a <laughs> tough one to sit through it hasn't so, aged great it hasn't that, aged great 90s arnold was comedic arnold and while well, stallone was like i'm still gonna do badass action films i'll give i'll give stallone this he fucking dude i think my honestly and i'm not even like i you know i'd, I'd have to look at the filmography again but i honestly think the one i go to most is demolition man i fucking oh that's a solid fucking movie that's it Five love, out of five fucking movies. I love every second of that movie. So <laughs> it's exactly fun cheese. It's another movie that I don't get why uh, Judge Dredd is so hated because I feel like it's just in tone with uh, Demolition Man. Maybe a little bit too much Rob Schneider. <laughs> But other than that, like Demolition Man's a five out of five, Judge Dredd's a four out of five. It shouldn't be universally hated. But speaking of universally hated by just me, let's talk about Guillermo del Toro. No, I... <laughs> not, not, just just him. I'm not going to say specific room is hated. Let's talk about Pacific Rim. Smooth fucking intro into this. I think you said specific rim. We got to talk about the specific rim. Otherwise, it could be like your mom's rim or something like that. (laughs) It's a good visual. (laughs) Everybody picture your mom's rim. Okay, getting into the movie. Pacific Rim. A breach has opened in the ocean that has served as a portal to our world from the world of the giant monsters called Kaigus. For a while, humanity was in peril until the creation of the Jaeger, giant mechs that could fight up against the Kaijus. Riley, Rayleigh, whatever his fucking name is, <laughs> drove one of these Jaegers until his co-pilot brother died in battle. Now as the Kaiju threat grows beyond our capacity to deal with it, Riley is brought back for one more epic battle for mankind. Okay. Let me just say, I don't hate this movie, but I have critique because uh, a lot of the the best aspects of it are the appearance. I love the fucking colors. He, he really seems to be a fan of Halo because of the <laughs> mechs. It looks like the fucking suit in Halo. And uh, you, you got one really solid actor here with uh, Idris Elba. And then the monster fights are badass. But everything else kind of is a little bit of a slog to get through there's a big chunk of downtime i do like you said i love the the design of everything the look of everything um and that's like with guillermo like you were saying if you don't like his movies and stuff his set design is is always on point like whoever whoever his guy is that he uses i'm assuming it's the same guy always i don't know his his movies always look great like i found crimson peak to be a big bore but it was a great looking bore it's super atmospheric like i love that movie just for its atmosphere i don't know about atmosphere i saw a good set design like ooh, i want my bedroom to look like that kind of thing (laughs) but that's about it this movie the monsters were really badass in this i think he could have done better casting Idris Elba was solid. I have zero problems with Idris Elba. Even Charlie Day is great. The guy that played Charlie, the guy from Sons of Anarchy, that was what he's in. Uh, right? uh, yeah, Charlie Hunnam. Yeah, he was the most generic looking white guy. So to the point where the guy that he's having a, a competition with looks basically just like him. And then he yeah. also looks just like his brother. So all yeah, the white know. dudes in this movie look exactly the same, except for Charlie Day and his nerd assistant. Well, yeah, and then the, 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 the his his competition, the Australian guy, his dad too. His dad looks just like him. So. Yeah, he just has a beard. Yeah. <laughs> 
he couldn't have done better to find the most generic looking white people. Like sometimes white people have different hair colors. They're not yeah. all like every <laughs> single white guy in this movie had the same hair color, except for, uh, I guess every single heroic white guy. If, if they're not heroic, they have a little bit diversity to the, their looks because uh, Charlie Day looks, he stands out the nerd guy who uh, I remembered him going bad to the first time I watched it. And I watched the movie like, Oh, he stayed good the entire time. He just looks evil. He usually plays a bad guy. I forgot to look him up, but he looks familiar as hell. And I could yeah, not. He's in, a bunch, he's, he's in a bunch of shit, but he usually plays a bad guy. Cause he just has that bad guy. Look, he definitely has a bad guy. Look, but I like, <laughs> see, I like him. I like Charlie. Day, I like Idris Elba. I liked, uh, what's her name? Um, Mako. Yeah. Mako's cool. I, I don't know the actress off the top of my head, but Rinko I really liked her. In movie. Rinko Kichuchu. I should stop trying to pronounce names from other countries because it's coming off racist. How poorly I do it. Rico Pikachu. That sounds like Pikachu, and that's probably somewhat racist. Yes, yeah, uh, I swear I'm not trying. Rico Kikuchi. Yeah, that's, that's fucking. <laughs> it's a pretty name if you say it right. If you <laughs> if you say it with my mouth, it comes out like a fucking monstrosity, like the fucking Jaeger, or not your fucking Jaeger, the fucking kaiju. Which speaking um, of speaking of Jaeger, I did do something to celebrate the fact that we're doing movies with fucking Jaegers. I'm going back to my early 20s, and I got some Red Bull. And some fucking Jägermeister. And I'm doing probably my first Jäger bomb in probably at least 10 years. Something like Man. that. Which is good oh, yeah. radio, but I'm going to do it fucking anyways. I wish you luck and cancel the apocalypse, man. <laughs> I, I know I can't be the only podcaster to think to do this. I mean, we're not one of those podcasters that need a gimmick like maybe Buzzkill, where they need to match up all their episodes with drinks. So like people go, oh, they got something to them. They're not just some generic horror podcast. No, we're a generic podcast that doesn't need that kind of shit. We just get by on great conversations and reviews in the algorithm and all that kind of shit bottoms up for the one time we break character on that cancel the apocalypse oh god he's down in it there it goes honestly that was pretty fucking good still oh good lord (laughs) don't usually do uh shots because early days of the podcast i used to do harder alcohol and i used to get way too fucking drunk and way too fucking sloppy (laughs) <laughs> i have to wake up too early in the morning to do that but good times <laughs> oh yeah it's not bad uh so we got mako being good we got idris Elba being good i just i think their storylines suck for the most part i don't like like it was kind of cool when the brother got ripped out of the kaiju during the fight in the beginning like that's awesome that's that's cool fight everything's happening in the fucking water his brother's yelling at him i like the fact that they have a two pilot system where they uh, they're connected by their memories which is a yeah, really they- awkward thing to be doing with your brother because you don't want <laughs> access to all your brother's memories they got access to all their brains pretty much and yeah. uh, they're gonna see some weird ass fucking shit but it's still like he felt his brother die when he died and like because the connection was still there and like that's good dramatic shit in a movie that uh i don't think kaiju movies need to be that dramatic but you can still have scenes like that but i i think these movies this movie needed to be more fun instead of dramatic because this is not a serious movie it's not saying anything about anything i listened to some of uh, del toro's commentary on it and he admits it's not like some serious fucking movie and i wonder why he wants to suck all the fun out of what shouldn't be that dour of a movie yeah i was gonna say back when you're talking about the two pilots i do like i actually i love the idea of the drift and how you know you have to have the, the stronger the bond the better the fighter like I, I just think that's a cool idea that you can you can mess with you know and like you're saying like don't add too much drama to it but i, I like the idea that there's got to be some kind of it's not just people like we're pilots like you have to work together you know and and the idea of the drift connecting like that's a cool like sci-fi idea that the weirder the better i got 
I always like that in a sci-fi. Yeah, and it made sense that it was brothers for that point. Yeah. As it went on, it seemed like they it mattered less and less what the connection was because of the connection between him and uh, Mako. He basically really wanted to bone her. And he, she kind of wanted to bone him. Pretty, she is a pretty lady. She absolutely is. I don't. I don't blame <laughs> either of them. They're both good-looking people, but uh, they, they don't have like any kind of connection except for that they want to be connected at the crotch. And I don't <laughs> like if, if they had a different kind of drift that they could go through, where maybe the Jaeger has to thrust a little bit more because of their combined. They're drifting in through their horniness. Maybe that would make sense. I think that's what they call. I think that's called marinating. It's when you uh, <laughs> sit together and. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it, it's so. Uh, it's like Mormon Jaegers. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, um, the way they figured it out is like he was fighting a bunch of dudes. He's like, none of these guys are getting me hard right now. And then uh, <laughs> she takes him down with her staff. And he's like, this is going to be rock hard. Yeah. <laughs> he's even like, you felt that, right? He's talking about yeah. his crotch. She was, they were lying on top of each other. And like, oh, you, you felt my boner right now. <laughs> fighting with staffs and i got my own staff and it makes sense why idris elba didn't want them teaming up together yeah. because he's like i don't want to fucking my uh adopted <laughs> asian daughter also if we're going to talk about casting real quick i always love even though he didn't really have too much to do i love seeing clifton collins jr and anything i i have a weird because he was in the second boondock saints i kind of hate him i can't <laughs> help it yeah you can't hold one shit movie against him <laughs> I am. I absolutely am. Anytime I see any of them from Boondock Saints, it's completely tainted actor. It's it's why I, I hate Ron Jeremy. It's not all those other horrible things. It's that specific thing. No, I don't know. There's just something about him that just like off-putting for me now. And I can't say it's with everybody because I have no problem with Daryl and Daryl's in a bigger part of Boondock Saints than he is. God, but, yeah. I hate Boondock Saints so much. It's such a bad movie. Yeah. And no, good thing nobody here is, to def- is here to defend that shit. Because Jesse decided to go off on one of his escapades again, uh, or, or shit in his pants. One of those two. Make up your mind, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I also really quick just before we go deeper, I, I did like the idea early in the movie uh, where they talk about the uh, basically the pilots and the mechs themselves or the the Jaegers becoming like almost like celebrities. TV shows. There's merch. Like I like the idea of that because that would really happen for sure. That that was the right tone for the movie, and you know what? Go god damn del toro did not direct that part he because he said that he doesn't know how to direct found footage so he got uh, another team to direct those part and get it and that was the best tone of the entire movie was the introduction yeah because that one had comedy it made it had, had fun with it i absolutely loved the intro you watch that you're gonna you're gonna expect a more fun movie than what comes after it because after this everything's dour but they had the kids tv show with the fucking <laughs> jaeger or, or why do i keep doing that kaiju like barney creature on yeah. <laughs> but no I, I did like that and, and and real quick with idris uh he is awesome he is great and i don't know if you noticed this but god damn it bothered the shit out of me his haircut he needed a fucking fade and it bugged the shit out of me the whole movie. Because he needed a fade? I don't even, oh. His hair just stopped at a certain point. There was no blend and it was bugging me. You're one to talk about hair? <laughs> hey, I, I wear hats, man. 
So he should have been wearing a backwards hat the entire time. He's in charge of the military. Well, actually, he was only in charge of it militarily for the first 10 minutes of the movie. After that, he should have pulled a Stallone and worn a forwards hat. And then when he was ready to arm wrestle, turn it around. Oh, oh okay. I thought you were going for expendables for a second. I was thinking that goofy little hat that he wears. And I'm like, yeah, did you want to use elbow to get a little tiny mustache too? So he looks like a pedophile. Sorry, I just had to mention that because the whole time I was, I was watching it with my brother-in-law and the whole time we were watching it, we kept making fun of his his fucking blend and his fade or lack hey, thereof. We need people with different perspectives than me on here and <laughs> hair is not anything I'm ever going to pay attention to. I used to shave my head bald. The only reason why I have hair is because it's too much upkeep to keep your head fucking bald than it is to actually have hair. So I just have a mess of hair and look homeless right now. Look, when you watch enough movies, you get to the point where you stop caring about anything else but the hairlines. So I got, I got you to talk about fucking hair and then I got Jesse <laughs> on to talk about fucking shoes and then i talk about the fucking movie itself because i don't care about stuff. although i will make fun of people if they have a stupid uh, pencil thin mustache like stallone did in expendables <laughs> his character is good i they should have fucking made him the lead honestly he's so much more charismatic than riley from sons of anarchy there's a reason why i only got through half an episode of sons of anarchy when i tried watching that show <laughs> everybody's boring as fuck uh we do get ron perlman in this as well so i guess there's two sons in this but ron perlman is used in a funny kind of way which everything with charlie day i like his side story his stuff is oh. interesting it's the only character development that i enjoy in this movie his stuff's really good ron, ron perlman awesome in this his outfits are amazing his, oh, his shoes gold. are fucking great oh, his gold tipped or they're not even tipped it's like all gold shoes like, i do feel amazing. a little cheated though in this movie with ron perlman because they give him the deep blue sea moment which i know i haven't seen the fucking movie i did get it though i have bought it or not bought it i received it for free so i it is in my collection i will watch it soon but everybody right. knows that scene in deep blue sea with uh, samuel L. jackson uh and then he gets unexpectedly eaten by the shark he has that with the fucking kaiju but if you watch after for the mid-credits scene he gets spit out just goes where are my fucking shoes and i'm like god yeah. damn it they pulled the fucking rain on it like i i love rob perlman even when occasionally he's one of the worst actors around you can tell when he's phoning it in because when he's when he's not phoning it in he's kind of charismatic even if he's not the greatest actor in the world but i've seen some movies where he was just like i swear somebody was standing with cue cards outside the camera <laughs> and he was just barely reading it out while drifting off the this one was a better performance from him i think because uh he likes gomirio god damn i've tried gomirio del toro because he, he gave him hell Guillermo. Guillermo. Yeah, what what you said. Uh, Guillermo he, he, del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> My mouth doesn't do that. My mouth doesn't do complicated. I'm not even really good with English, so... <laughs> It's not. It's not anything against him as as a shit. I should know. Is he from Spain? Because I don't think he he's from Mexico. I'm pretty sure it's Mexico. Yeah. Oh shit! Because I thought he did this. Help produce the Spanish orphanage or whatever. Not a, not a real orphanage, but like a movie <laughs> from Spain. Oh, I, I, I should I'm research not, this. I'm not a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Guadalajara, Jalisco, Mexico. That's in Spain. That's like huh? a city in Spain. It's very confusing. Guadalajara, no, don't don't listen Jalisco. to me. I'm I'm, I'm telling oh. shit. <laughs> 
Okay, so Charlie Hunnam's brother gets fucking ripped out. Hunnam disappears and goes and works on this wall, right? I want to talk about the wall. Why did yeah. they ever think that this would work? I mean, you just put a wall around something and you hope for the best. But apparently, these these kaiju's literally like have superpowers and take down buildings. Why would a wall just all of a sudden that that all they're doing? They're not even doing anything special. They're just welding. It's they're just welding. Like they they should have just shown the wall getting attacked by the kaiju or something. We never. Had actually see any attacks on the wall that show how beautiful it is we see one clip there's like a news clip of one of the kaijus breaking through in i think australia but was that part of the wall that was australia's wall well we need to see we should have seen the wall that riley was working <laughs> and, on and that's what everybody sees the footage and they're just all like well why are we even building this then if they can just break right through it and that's the first thing i thought of. i was like what what, what made them think a, the, the government is wanting to get rid of the jaeger program to build these walls because they think that's going to end like when why would the government think the walls would work these are giant I, monsters it was the same reason why people hide under the covers when they're scared it, it, it's like <laughs> covers for the fucking planet is what i'm putting it as and I it costs it. less money which makes sense because it's probably like a statement on on uh cheapness of government and that they're only the high, high government officials they got their fucking cover they got their fucking safe zones they yeah. don't have to worry about the kaiju and they spend less money building a fucking wall than they do uh repowering those jaegers all the fucking time they never even really say where idris elba gets the funding from do they because it's it, the one it, it's funny because uh this it takes place five years after the attack where they said they give him another six months yeah. so he's getting the funding somewhere i can't remember if they say but it, like you'd think that'd be a bigger plot point they'd have it looming like the government's going to defund this and the government defunds it and he just goes on with other yeah. funding uh, i like, guess well, they, 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 they just make it international going. they just make it international <laughs> and then it's like yeah we'll keep going with international money instead yeah, of like it should have been going up against the clock like they yeah they're going up against the clock because of the jaegers the kaijus are coming through more uh rapidly but there should have been government funding was going up against it and then like a month after government funding's going the kaijus are starting to come through more rapidly just add in some things i feel like Mario del toro always pulls his punches in his movies it's not like, it's not like you called him mario del toro. <laughs> it's a me the director of pan's labyrinth <laughs> Yeah, I heard Guillermo del Toro loves... Oh, wait, never mind. I was going to say loves pizza, but that's the turtle. Everybody loves pizza. Anyways, I'm sure Mario loves pizza. He's Italian. <laughs> I know. That's why I was going for it. But pizza and turtles go together better. I don't know. I haven't had pizza with turtles on it yet, but I'm sure I can find a place with some. <laughs> It'd be like the ultimate fuck you to Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Just have like some a turtle pizza. As much as I love Ninja Turtles, I'd probably try that. That's going to be the next storyline in the next last Ronin book. Exactly. But uh, this, is, this is my problem with the Gamilio del Toro is he he sets up great premises but I always feel like he he cuts himself off before he can really like fully get everything out of it like the idea is so cool that people seem to overlook where he's missing promise in it and like I thought the idea of Pan's Labyrinth was amazing I thought that he he pulled back a little bit too much and didn't get as fucking it does didn't go to full potential I thought the same thing with uh, Creature in the Water I can't remember what it's called the one where she fucks the fish guy I thought yeah, that one able, pulled back a bunch water. I agree yeah. with you on Shape of Water. Um, I, that one didn't do it for me, but I do love me some Pan's Labyrinth. I hated that movie. <laughs> like, I'm not going to say it's like the worst movie ever because there are some strengths in it. It just didn't appeal to me. So like, as a director, I always feel like he's missing something. And one of the things I learned on the commentary is instead of watching a bunch of action movies to do this, he watched sports movies. So Riley's plot is basically like a, a sports movie plot where they bring the guy out of retirement to go play basketball one more time and win the yeah. game. That was what this 
plot was, which could have been interesting. I guess I'm not really a sports movie guy. That may be why I have some issues with this plot. It's a little real steely. I can't say I like that one better. I want to say that, but I've never actually seen it. I've seen the Twilight Zone episode of that and I've read the short story, but uh, I haven't actually watched the Hugh Jackman one. It's on my list, but I think real steel. I think of over the top with robots, but, uh, which they should just do an arm wrestling robot one and take it to the next and call it over the top too. Sloan can do that. He's old, but he can do, he can do robot arm wrestling. And you have to build a mechanical hat into the robot so he can spin it around. Exactly. But it'd have to like, it probably wouldn't even like flip the hat. Just the rim would flip over the side mechanically. That'd be fucking badass. But yeah, the character development is so fucking dramatic and it's such a dumb premise where it should be dumb fun. Like it's, it's a dumb fun premise. Don't get me wrong. When I say dumb, doesn't mean bad because I love the fucking dumb premises. Giant robots fighting giant monsters. Fucking amazing. I like the idea of the connection. Riley's plot seems over dramatic. I know his brother died, but it's not what I wanted this. I want this to be fun. Uh, Mako's plot seems over dramatic. She was traumatized as a child and then uh, was saved by Idris Elba. That felt, that whole thing felt dramatic. I, I also wanted more montage of them fucking up because uh, yeah. Mako goes from like one time fucking up severely and then the next time she's doing pretty good. I wanted to, I, I love a training montage. If he's going for a sports movie thing, go full on into it. And they have, have a bunch of fuck ups and then montage to them doing well instead of just like fuck up one time and then a fucking master the next time that they're putting the fucking suit. It, this is where Gamaliel del Toro, I always feel, doesn't go full potential. He, he sets up things that should be great in full potential, doesn't go for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of with you on that. He, he, I feel like he does go for more uh, style over substance sometimes. Kind of depends on the movie, but uh, in this one, it's definitely, yeah, it falls a little bit. It gets a little convoluted in the middle and takes a little too long between uh, seeing some cool monster and Jaeger stuff. What's really crazy? He listened to the audio commentary. He's talking about how he, he you gotta streamline this stuff, and instead of instead of making all this plot development, uh, you make it drop in very uh, conveniently and, and organically, so you don't have to have long fucking scenes. And then this movie goes in, in like two hours and something minutes, way too long for a movie about giant monsters fighting giant robots. It should be ninety, maybe a plus. 10 minutes at most this is not a complicated thing it's not a dramatic thing this should be a fun movie instead we get character drama for like 40 fucking minutes of this movie we need to go into uh well charlie day hooking up with uh jaeger brain or monster kaiju brain why am i doing that every single time charlie day and and the the guy's name is burn gorman those two guys i think have the the most fun you know scenes in the movies and the idea of charlie day connecting to the kaiju brain i think is really cool honestly i would have made them the stars of the movie they're the most (laughs) interesting characters it was well idris elba and then them too but they'd be like the star while idris elba's out there kicking ass but yeah i I like the the like i said earlier like i like when these if, if we're gonna have movies like this like i want them to be weirder like the weirder the better so like him messing with with brains and cells and skins and testing you know kaiju anatomy and stuff that's what i want more of like i want to get weird with it and he gets kind of weird with it uh, and charlie day and burn charlie day and burn gorman have great chemistry on screen together they really do they play off together so well where i would have taken like a spinoff movie of them burn gorman's being the asshole uh and charlie day's being the eccentric kaiju fanboy and they just that dynamic works and charlie day being fucking uh, obsessed with it to the point where he does the drift with a kaiju brain and almost blows his fucking brain out it's fucking amazing it's all great 
side plot. He looks like Wayne Zelinsky in, in fucking Honey, I Shrunk the Kids with that thing on his head and his glasses oh, yeah. and the white shirt. <laughs> Could not it's agree more. Yeah, it's, it's all fucking crap. I also think, and I hate this movie, so I don't know why I'm thinking of it, but I think uh, Jim Carrey, when he's using the mind thing in Batman Forever, uh, he has the big fucking yeah. moment. With him doing the brain tests and all that stuff, that sends him on a mission to, uh, to the mainland. Perlman. Yeah, with Ron Perlman. And I love not only the idea of Ron Perlman, who's like this giant traitor of kaiju parts, bone powder and stuff like that. But I love like the idea of where they live called like the bone slums. And yeah. How it's like the old bones of dead kaiju are like built into the apartments and stuff. Like that's so It kind of reminds me of like some Final Fantasy uh, settings uh, where yeah. they're going through like animals and shit. <laughs> it's very fucking cool. I do think that they need to find the secret entrance to the, the backlog of shit. Because of, like when he first goes into Ron Perlman's place, they're just offering him like kaiju powder that will get your boner going. Yeah. And then they open up the secret doorway. But the secret doorway, it's not in the back of any kind. It's like right on the sales floor. So anybody's gonna yeah. go like, oh, I want to go to the secret back there because you did it right in front of fucking everybody. It's well, a shitty <laughs> secret entrance. And not only that, but before he even gets into there, how he finds the you know where to go by you know he shines his little black light on his card and he just have out of all of this hong kong or whatever he finds the one like pillar that has the sign that he's looking for and it's like wow that's pure luck like holy shit but yeah that's nitpicking that's nitpicking getting aside of that fights are fucking cool it, it seemed a little weird that it took him for fucking ever to take the sword out because of like they're at one point they're like we're all out of weapons wait we've had this badass fucking sword the entire time but we just didn't take it out until the very last minute i've always wondered but, that i've always wondered that with certain like actual movies is like when you have this like mega weapon and you know it's there we don't know it's there yet but like the characters do and they wait till the last fight to use it and it's like wait a minute why didn't you just use that the whole time probably would have been a lot easier everybody's going by power ranger rules in which power rangers <laughs> laid down that they couldn't escalate until the bad guy escalated so that's why they didn't automatically go into their megazords immediately and smash on the fucking monster and this there are no power ranger rules they can do whatever the fuck they want so they should have whipped out the sword which the visual of the sword getting whipped out was the coolest fucking shit i thought it was gonna be like a chain kind of sword at first i almost wish it kind of still had the bend in it before he mm -hmm. fully brings it out but uh the schwartz was strong with him and he got a <laughs> strong fucking sword going out and this orange fucking awesomeness stabbing into the kaiju was so cool definitely what was the uh was it crimson typhoon if we're gonna talk about weapons it had like the blade hands i thought those were pretty cool it was like the red Jaeger and it like basically like turned its fists into like blades, which I thought those are pretty cool too. If we're going to talk about like the sword. I'm, I'm I like the bad at remembering everybody's weapon. Although my favorite one is probably in the second movie is the, and we can talk a little bit about it before we go into it. If we're just talking favorite Jaeger. It's the, no, it's the mace. The, the oh, spinny yeah. mace uh, weapon <laughs> that they can spin around at them. That's the coolest fucking shit. But I, I love, as much as I think swords are cool, I love more unwieldy weapons. This is why uh, Michelangelo has the best weapon out of the Ninja Turtles because it takes some more fucking skill that you got to master in order to use a weapon like that. This mace is cool. If they had made a third one, I'd hope they used nunchucks. Like a <laughs> nunchuck laser thing. That would have been the coolest thing on earth. Hey, John Wick used them great. So Exactly. Final fight's pretty cool. Of course, somebody has to die. Uh, we no, Idris Elba, if he uses a Jaeger one more time, he's going to die. And then, of course, he uses it one more time, but dies heroically instead of just having a stroke, which I fully expected him to have a stroke on, <laughs> on in the climax. And the other guy's going to be like, we got to blow it. And yeah. <laughs> strokes and blow it. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, they had the dramatic thing. The, the uh, another problem, the rivalry between Australian guy and Riley disappears for no reason. It's just like, okay, we've had the development of they hate each other, they even find each other in the hallways, and then they're like, respect, bro, by the end of the movie for no fucking reason. It's, it, well, it, he happen, he, it happens he in both him in the one fight. Ah, it's, <laughs> not, it's not earned at all, which I heard Guillermo had to cut out like an hour of this movie in order to make it fit. So I'm, I assume all the character development that would have been earned for that is probably in the cutting room and i'm not going to tell him to add more to it because the movie's already kind of bloated yeah that'd be way too long for this movie for sure i don't care about the characters i know every kaiju movie is uh, about the human characters and more than it is about the monster fights but i want the fucking monster fights (laughs) all right Um, is there anything else that we need to talk about here little things like we skipped over the 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 pregnant angle which you know cool you know it was for a second like you know i'm I'm guessing he was inspired by godzilla 1998 for that yeah speech which i liked it's nowhere near the bill pullman speech but i love the cancel the apocalypse line that is a good Um, line they even mentioned how good he is at speeches in the second movie and he is good uh, this was before i knew uh idris elba is anything other than uh the asshole from the office and like this <laughs> asshole from the office is doing a pretty good job which i don't know why he's not a bigger leading man he's almost always a supporting characters in a movie like this hobbs and shaw he's better than well you're not gonna say he's better than Nathan but he's better than the rock I think he wears the same outfit in Hobbs and Shaw that he wears in this when he's in the Jaeger suit oh yeah probably (laughs) which the suits are pretty cool although I do wonder why when they first get in the helmets it's all yellow completely and then it just slowly degrades down and then that's never addressed and it's never shown ever again it's like really cool fucking look and then they just like yeah never mind they probably shot it and then realized like wait what does that even it looks cool, but what does it do? And nobody I have no it. idea. Nobody so uses it when they're wearing it. So it's yeah, just, so just like, like this let's makes not do it again. Yeah, it's like let's just make these look better when they're hanging up. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it, it provides nothing for them. Uh, I like the sword through the head into a like a face burn. You know, it puts the kaiju's head like over like a lava fucking flume. I yeah, that's that all cool. cool. And then, uh, and then there's the full body slice that I really like when he like slides under the kaiju and like slices him whole lengthwise like a hot dog. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's cool. And then uh, Charlie Day finds out that you got to use kaiju DNA in order to get through the the breach, so they jump through there. That's cool. Uh, the ejection thing seems too fucking easy. Like I think <laughs> Riley should have fucking died, but that's just me. But I also I didn't like his character at all, so I was hoping he would die left and right. Yeah, he's kind of a whatever. And Gilmer del toro kind of like it's supposed to be kind of like the every man character except for the every man has more of a gut than that <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right let's get into ratings because we don't need to go over the whole plot of this movie it's not that much of a plot there's not that many interesting plot points there's not anything to i don't think there's too much to read into it other than that capitalism and government's gonna have bureaucracy around things that don't matter in order to save a few bucks kelly is pacific rim a bloody good film. I think it's a it's a bloody pretty good film. It it it's like it's like we said earlier, set design, set design, suit design, monster design, everything how everything looks great. Some story is a bit it gets a little bit too deep for its own good and you know, not a strong lead, but it's got some solid supporting characters. So it's technically muscular, it's just not interesting yeah (laughs) but overall it's definitely watchable it's got really cool fights it's got really cool visuals so uh you know it's not a total like loss or anything it's it's totally a watchable movie and but yeah i'd say just a little below bloody good it's bloody pretty good and real quick before i forget i love when he uses the ship 
as a weapon. That's a cool idea too. Oh yeah, that's badass. <laughs> you see him dragging it behind him. And one yeah. thing before I give my complete rating, I forgot to mention that I kind of like how heavy the Jaegers and the Kaiju felt in this movie. Like there was some weight to it as opposed to the Transformers where they're kind of moving around like uh, they're regular people. These moved around kind of like Zangief and Street Fighter where because yeah. it's so fucking big, they're moving kind of slow, but there's a lot of weight to it. That doesn't carry over to the next movie. All right. I found this to be, I'm going to rate it. I'm surprised at this. I'm going to rate it slightly better than you. I'm able to accept that kaiju movies don't have interesting human parts. It's for the most part, that's how they are. Except for uh, when we talked about uh, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster that had the best human (laughs) plot ever in a fucking kaiju movie. This one had some cool visuals, some cool fights, unlike Transformers. And this is at the time, this is what I was holding it up against uh, with a CGI kaiju movie or giant robot movie. You could understand what was going on in the fights. Instead of just seeing metal move around like crazy. So the fights were telegraphed well. You could feel the weight of the Jaegers. You could feel the weight of the Kaiju. I enjoyed that part. I like Charlie Day and Burn Gorman. So uh, I'd say this is exactly what this podcast is named. This is a bloody good film. It's not amazing, but it's definitely one I will return to apparently every 10 years. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now let's move into its sequel, Pacific Rim uprise jake pentecost is the son of the great idris pentecost that gave up his life in order to close the breach after getting into trouble with the law he's forced back into action with no kaijus coming through it seems performative until a kaiju is taken over and it seems that the source may be related to the supposedly defeated Kai- oh no it was a jaeger was taken over shit <laughs> defeated kaijus even writing it down i got him mixed up <laughs> Okay, so let's say this. I'm going to start it off. Hot take. This is the better movie. Holy shit, we're on the same page. <laughs> this is universally panned, but I'm like, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop for this movie to be the, the shit that everybody's seen. I saw so many one-star reviews from this on Letterboxd. It's like one star, half star. I saw zero five stars, zero four stars. And this movie's fun. Dude, I was like, when, when you asked me to be on, I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, I've never even seen the sequel. I'll give it a shot. I wasn't like super excited like to watch it. I was more excited to watch Pacific Rim and then I put on the sequel and it ended and I was like that was really fucking fun like what was wrong with that <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs> i actually like that the first pacific room was all like nights fight sequences which look dramatic and cool but i like that this is almost all daytime sequences almost. and you can see everything so clearly and it looks so beautiful and it's almost like all day like i couldn't believe how much was day like pretty much all of it i can't think of a single nighttime fight sequence in this i only watched them once because i didn't have as much time as i used to uh, to cover it i can't think of a, of a nighttime fight sequence everything seems to be during the day and it's all yeah. cool things some things didn't fucking make sense but if you give me enough spectacle i'll look beyond the fact that uh they're able to easily punch through like like a couple inches of ice but they could also fight on top of this couple inches yeah. of ice in <laughs> yeah. one sequence I, I said the same thing when i was watching it they they can go through the ice but when they are fighting on top of it, it nothing happens but whatever like it looked really fucking cool so i don't care this is way better characters none of these characters bothered me at all even scott eastwood who's playing the guy with the stick of his ass i have no problem with this is probably the first movie 
I don't have a problem with Scott Eastwood in it because I kind of think and I know I don't have a problem with Nepo babies but he just hasn't done anything that's interested me but this is a better role for him especially going up against John Boyega who I'm going to say this is the best role I've seen him in and I've seen Attack the Block and I've seen the Star Wars movies of course but I think, I think Attack the, the Block best role. is his best still but this is still oh, that's a better movie I find this character more interesting no I, I definitely like this character here going into it I didn't know he was going to be Idris's son so when you find that out right off the bat I was like oh well that makes fucking sense okay and it kind of had the same kind of feel of comedic opening when it first started except for it never lost that and it doesn't go into the way where Marvel does comedic where it undermines everything because when there's a dramatic moment the comedic element stops for a little bit and doesn't like they don't do, have like oh this is a sad moment and then somebody cuts up a joke mm-hmm. it lets it lets the, the dramatic moments stay and resonate and then it'll have like comedic lighthearted moments after that I mean I love the whole beginning like the, just the fact that his son is like completely opposite of his dad he's like a thief and a liar and cheater and st- steals like I, I love that and I love that sequence of him leading those guys through the dead you know old Jaeger and like that was a cool way to introduce the character like I loved it and a good way to get him to where he needs to go so I, I thought that was all good. It's so much better than like some dramatic like, oh, his brother died. So he's got to take time off. No, he just didn't want to do do. He was never interested in it. He was trying to impress his dad. And then it, that w- turned out to not be enough. And he ended up getting can't remember why he got uh, let go. But like a year before his father died, which explains why he never mentions him in the first movie. He tried to take a Jaeger out by himself and he only made it like two steps. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. That, that was it. Because it's his dad, the reason reason why he uh he was one of the two people that had ever managed to move a jaeger by it yeah. by themselves it was him and riley john boyega thought he could do that and i guess <laughs> he fucking couldn't i don't want to skip over what's it called either before we get too deep into it early on like right at the beginning of the movie he meets uh amara who i really like as a character too and Same. i love her jaeger that she designs that scrapper scrapper scrapper's awesome scrapper is awesome, especially because it does the sonic the hedgehog role yeah. when it's trying to get away <laughs> like, they did the noise <laughs> I liked it better than a lot of the bigger Jaegers. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it probably wouldn't win in a fight with a, too many bigger Jaegers. It gave one a run for its money. But Scrapper, like, I, of course, you know, it, it's, uh, uh, I can't remember what they call that. You see you see a gun, it's going to have to be fired later on in the movie. So you saw Scrapper, you knew that Scrapper was going to do something in the climax. Yeah. It was pretty fucking useful and animated so well for what it was. Yeah. I absolutely loved that. Thing. And, the idea, and the idea of it, like, you know, it's so small that only needs it's the one pilot like i like that uh the rolling was cool and then during when you see that when you meet it i like the idea of since there's been no kaijus for a decade there's like jaeger police like a jaeger police force like i thought that was a cool idea too why wouldn't there be i guess no because of all these weapons and kaijus and jaegers were left behind people are going to take up for scrap and she made a scrapper out of a bunch of scraps which is probably why it's called scrapper plus the little guys that fight can also be yeah. uh, called scrappers so it's like double meaning it's clever <laughs> she's awesome i mean just the idea of people building rogue uh, jaegers is cool like because i remember before you even meet scrap when it's the opening with the news headlines and stuff you see one of the rogue ones is like somebody made a giant one like i just like the idea of these people that they're just literally taking bits and pieces over years and and building their own giant thing and there's got to be this police force basically that like regulates them like I just think that's a cool idea in general. Also, like uh, where John Boyega was living was uh, the whole town was devastated by kaiju, and he just ended up living inside a mansion, squatting there. Well, it, was like, a, it was the half mansion, as he says. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. the other half was demolished <laughs> by the kaiju. Yeah. It, it, still, I'd live in that. He seemed to be having a pretty good time. He did. 
Definitely. I also like real quick before we move on from this. Uh, you when, can take your time. It doesn't have to be real quick. Well, when I like when Scrapper does get caught eventually by the Jaeger cops, they use their version of like a taser where like they shoot like the electricity out and it basically just like renders her like and just falls flat. I mean, that's basically anytime they have to take out anything electrical in a movie, they're going to use electricity yeah. because uh, apparently getting shocked drains your electricity. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'm not a scientist. I don't know how well that works, but it seems to work pretty well in there. Maybe it's like an EM. Yeah. that was me going over the initials (laughs) in my head that short pause there uh, is an emp that's taking it out because yeah electromagnetic pulse kind of thing yeah i just i love the idea that it's it's a cop robot doing it so it's just like maybe a little commentary there i don't know (laughs) yeah cops picking on little people yeah (laughs) i do like it that it is she's portrayed as a teenager i don't know what her actual age is yeah i couldn't figure uh, out how old she was supposed to be they kept saying kid and she's part of the young cadet things when she gets enlisted but uh it's a broke teenager assembling the this jaeger by herself and i'm like even if she was able to get all the parts it still doesn't make sense because of the tools to get in everything, which and just the weight of this fucking robot. No way anybody's assembling this by themselves, no matter how much fucking time they have. Yeah, but I'll let it go. It's a science fiction fun popcorn movie, <laughs> which is exactly what a movie like this should be: is popcorn movie. You don't have to think into the facts of, and uh, figures on this kind of thing. Yeah. So then, after Boyega gets caught, gets sent back to uh, the the Shatter Dome, uh, which I, I gotta say, even in the last movie, I love the name Shatter Dome as like a base. It's awesome. It reminds me of like the Terror Dome from the Turtles or something. It's either oh, you, I'm surprised you said Terror Dome. You don't think like Beyond. Thunderdome. <laughs> well, no, because it, Turtles is it's Terror Drome. Well, anytime I hear Dome, I think Mad Max. <laughs> I don't think Ninja Turtles. As much as I love Ninja Turtles, I might say that The Road Warrior is a better movie than any of the Ninja Turtles out there. Well, yeah, but Beyond Thunderdome, R.I.P. Tina Turner. <laughs> I, mean, I know Beyond Thunderdome's not as good as any of the, as the first <laughs> two Ninja Turtles. I should say any because there have been some bad Ninja Turtles there movies, but the first two Ninja Turtle <laughs> movies are amazing. I do like Beyond Thunderdome, but uh, the first half is stronger than the second half by a lot definitely definitely so then so then we get to the shatter dome and we meet old scott eastwood who i don't it's like you said earlier he just hasn't he's kind of a he's just a he's whatever yeah he's bland he's you know when your dad is fucking clint eastwood like i guess it's kind of hard to live up to that but he literally hasn't done anything yet that even like comes close to anything his dad ever did which Again, like, admittedly, I've liked, it's hard. I've liked the movies that he's in. He's been in a couple of Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. And I've liked those movies, but he was always like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. He's, Real actors are talking he's right now. I'm a background guy. You know, I I'm, I haven't written him off or anything. Like, he's fine. He's a whatever guy. He's fine. I want him to get better because uh, if there was an actor that looked like Roland from the Dark <laughs> Tower series, it is him. Yeah. But I don't want him leading with the kind of charisma he has right yeah. now. Like his father could have been rolling just oh, fine. That, but that, that was the plan. Like, how did that never happen? It had like it was perfect. It's perfect casting. Honestly, I cannot see Clint Eastwood in a fantasy movie. I know, but he just he as looks, much as I love, I love the looks, idea of it. He looks exactly how you're supposed to look as that character. Like it was. Oh, well, that's 
I mean, the, yeah, it was well, based they, on it. had in the, in the third book, yeah. Jay Chambers sees uh, Roll or not Roland, Clint Eastwood on a poster for like Good, Bad, and Ugly or something. Like, that kind of reminds me of the gunslinger. Yeah. So, like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. It, the, he looks like him. I, could, I just can't see him in a fantasy movie. As much as I love that casting, when he was a lot, lot younger, I could not see him playing the fucking role. But this isn't a gunslinger podcast, <laughs> as much as I would like it to be, which we will talk about the gunslinger eventually. I haven't seen it. I'm talking talking about how I want Idris Alba in the starring role. It looks like garbage, <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. Maybe it'll be like this one where I came in with extremely low expectations. Like, Oh, this is surprisingly fun. Scott Eastwood meets him. Uh, John Boyega is being awesome the entire time. And just like, just smarting off to him and like wanting out, wanting to do his own shit, pissing off Scott Eastwood. Who's like, you have potential. Boyega is just like, yeah, whatever. Like, I don't give a shit. I love that. He just like, I don't want to be here. I don't care. Well, yeah, it's like a surprisingly, uh, I'd say he's almost a progressive character in that he's still managed to be masculine, but he's also comfortable in his sexuality. He's not worried like, yeah, he's a handsome fellow. Yeah. You know, shit <laughs> yeah, like that. Like like, I can't, I can't see like Stallone or Arnold as big of fans as I am of them saying like, yeah, Stallone's pretty dreamy. I don't know, man. Stallone and uh, Kurt Russell make it together in uh, in uh... you know, yeah, but you know, Stallone wrote those lines where Kurt Russell's like, he's got a massive dick. Yeah. You're gonna call him tripod to make that an, an insult. Stallone definitely had his hand on the script there, and Kurt Russell's like, man, you want me to talk about your dick yeah. this much? Oh shit! We meet gypsy avenger which is like an upgraded name from gypsy danger because it's a new version of that i thought that was a cool little name upgrade you know what i didn't even i didn't even notice that i really thought it was the same fucking robot because i saw gypsy and i I forgot about the rest of the name at, at first they just say gypsy and so i'm just like oh okay they 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 rebuilt gypsy danger okay that's cool and then when they get in it, they say like Gypsy Avenger. And I was like, oh, that makes sense because it's it's avenging Gypsy Danger. I will say one thing they added to, to the robot fights in this that I really fucking like was in the first one, you got cool visuals on the screen and all that. But this one, they added like holograms of what's attacking them when it gets close enough. Yeah. And you could see the kaiju claws wrap it around each individual person mm-hmm. in the in the head of the, of the Jaeger. And that looked cool. It made it more of a personal thing to it. Part because of Guillermo del Toro wanted it to be more hands-on kind of stuff instead of lasers and, yeah. and holograms and stuff that that didn't happen in the first movie but it worked better well, and I mean, uh, Stephen Stephen Dade Knight understood visuals better than him you know what's crazy I looked him up I, I didn't recognize his name I looked him up he, this is the only movie he's ever done. he's only ever done TV shows he's written oh, this is the only movie he's written he was in one film called Sh- <laughs> he hasn't done shit how the hell did he get and into this I mean. movie I don't know it was, it was weird and it's like why hasn't he done anything since really good <laughs> I figured he was like a writer on a bunch of movies and I just clicked onto his writer section on uh letterbox and this is the only movie he's written too i i feel like if you were given a better shot for this instead of people just go fanboying over gamiro del toro like gamiro's not in this so i'm not gonna give it a shot if people had given him a shot and actually watched this movie with an open mind they might notice like hey he's a visionary he knows how to make this pretty good franchise amazing yeah like that first fight we see is awesome they get i don't even know what to call them like i wrote down flaming chainsaw swords that that's oh, that's like, good enough for me <laughs> he double double sworded kaiju yeah or double sworded jaeger god damn those words are interchangeable for me and they're on double fire and they're spinning and i was like this is 
fucking awesome. And then Kaiju or Jaegeri's fighting Jaeger. builds a, a whip out of like a magnetic magnetic car whip. Oh, that was that was so cool. It was it was called a gravity whip. Oh, okay. So he's able to it's basically the weapon that they used in Fast Nine, except for it's hooked up to a Jaeger and it's able to slingshot any like cars or whatever yeah. into the other Jaeger or Kaiju. Awesome. <laughs> it looks great. It's a clever weapon. It's almost as good as the mace weapon that's <laughs> yeah, in this movie. Cool. Make Mako uh, is oh we've, I don't think we mentioned in the last movie Mako was adopted by Idris Elba. So John Boyega is Mako's uh, sister brother. No, <laughs> John ba- is that progressive? John yeah. Boyega is playing the lady. Uh, <laughs> Mako is is John Boyega's sister. So like in that fight, the one dramatic moment in the movie is uh, he's not able to save her when the the rogue Jaeger takes down the helicopter that she's in. And Which- John Boyega is able to scrape. Yeah. Uh, his fingernails of the Jaeger up against the helicopter. And that probably just pushed it over the edge of blowing up. And, and I was actually kind of bummed about that. I really liked Mako. So like, I was a little bummed. Like, oh, she's already gone? Like, bummer. I thought she was at least going to get in a Jaeger at some point. I, I was a little disappointed with her in this movie because the, the first movie, sexy as hell. This one, she's trying to go all corporate and then, like it didn't quite work for her. I'm not saying she was bad looking at all, but yeah. corporate Mako was not as fun as uh, Jaeger Mako. Yeah. And I really, they should have had her go up into a Jaeger with uh, John Boyega because yeah. Clint Eastwood gets it or Scott Eastwood gets his ass kicked. Yeah, I thought and, for sure uh, she was gonna be in like in one of the Jaegers by the end. I was like, oh, she's gonna like she's gonna tear off her corporate fucking suit and be like, I gotta get up there, and it didn't happen. And then she died. I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, that was it, that was very disappointing. So like the only she was one of three characters that came over from the first movie is her Charlie Day and uh, Burn Gorman. Yeah, and I'll say this: Burn Gorman and Charlie Day. Say or like the best parts of this movie yeah. all over again. Well, I, so I, I would. We I, I originally thought. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was. They were on sync to each other. <laughs> just go. Just go. Well, I was just gonna say we, the, we were speaking of Charlie Day. He comes up right at this point, and uh, we see that he's like basically like I called it in my notes. He's having demolition man style sex with. I said the same thing. <laughs> we're two in sync on this. <laughs> He's fucking this kaiju brain, like Demolition Man style. I was like, this is great. Like, <laughs> this movie rules. Well, it's going to turn out just like there's the fan theory that uh, Sandra Bullock is Sylvester Stallone's daughter. The kaiju is going to end up being Charlie Day's yeah. daughter. <laughs> I like it. But yeah, him and him and Gore Berman are, are still, or Burn Gorman? Burn Gorman, yeah, which is a really cool name really who names is. their kid burn <laughs> i never knew his name until just now and i look at it up like burn gorman yeah, that's pretty great it's got burn and it's got gore in the name like he's <laughs> awesome he should be an action star except for he looks like a villain yeah uh but yeah him and charlie day are still the fucking greatest like i, I love him in these movies did you know that charlie day is gonna go evil like i fully expected lee win Shao yeah. to be the villain and i thought there was like a red herring that charlie day yeah, was like- having demolition man sex with a piece of kaiju brain mm-hmm. i thought he was gonna be like fully in love as or unorthodox yeah but uh he's gonna somehow not be the bad guy i thought so i was watching it with my wife and we both thought the same thing like oh you know the, the lady is she's creating some kind of weird evil remote control yeah like it, she's gonna be the bad guy and then like the whole like charlie thing when he's fucking the brain I, I don't know how else to phrase it i thought that was just honestly gonna be like a throwaway like joke like oh that's funny he kept the brain and then that turns out yeah. to be like the whole crux of like the turn and then when he did turn when he like he does that whole dramatic like i'm gonna end the world <laughs> i was like 
Wait, what? Like, I was legit, like, surprised by it. I'm so used to Um on Always Sunny that when the I'm gonna end the world thing still felt ridiculous <laughs> to me. It felt just like Charlie on Always Sunny. It did sound like a <laughs> joke. Like, I was like, why did he say it like that? <laughs> it did. It, it kind of, like, sounded like Charlie on one of his dramatic points and Always Sunny. Yeah. But his dramatic points are always played for comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I still love him in this movie. I and like for a second you're like, how is he doing this? He helped end the kaijus in the first movie, but he also made the connection with him in the first movie, and then slowly getting into his brain. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's overtaken. I, I guess connecting with it more than once is what does it because Burn Gorman did do it once, but he never did one on one with the well, kaiju. And he's been doing it every night, I think, for ten years. So yeah, it's gotten to him. <laughs> yeah, it's gotten to him. It's gotten inside his pants, and it's like he's getting corrupted to the point where. Uh, there's two brains kind of going inside of him. Yeah. And it, it, it was it was good enough explanation, but we'll take it because uh, Charlie Day was a fun villain when he started going. <laughs> I mean, he spends a lot of the movie on top of a roof just yelling things. It's so funny. There was a point where I thought he was pulling a uh, uh, Wayne Knight Newman from Jurassic Park, where uh, I thought he did a virus thing in one of the in one of the uh, Jaegers because it starts going. And I'm like, oh, he he hacked into the Jaegers and put a virus, and that just ended up being the guy like that song like, uh, okay that's i mean have you ever watched that cool. that was like a popular like youtube video i've seen that <laughs> I, I i listened to something that actually explained what the hell that was oh. about and uh, i can't remember i, still I have the, it's like on the tip of my tongue but that's like some weird thing but i did like the so you find out that he's he's been fucking around and he's been secretly developing these things and i love the idea of these drones that shall corporation has created basically turning into like hybrid kaiju yayers like that's fucking cool that is cool i thought they were gonna one-up it there because it, it does look like there's uh kaijus coming out of the yeager parts but it's stemmed from a brain so yeah. i'm like it's not fully enough there's enough there's like kaiju parts coming out of what would be the mouth area for these remote controlled jaegers uh but it wasn't full on when uh, he gets like the little mite nanite not, not quite nanite but by kaiju standard it's nanite things coming over onto one of the kaijus they look like the from matrix uh, yeah they did <laughs> i thought that was gonna build like the ultimate it was a level five kaiju and i thought they were gonna build like an ultimate mech suit for the kaiju yeah. i'm like oh shit they're gonna go full mech on a full kaiju yeah. and it just healed him and i was a little disappointed we, we there because like that would have been so much cooler we thought the same thing when they started coming out we're like oh it's gonna be like an armor like that's gonna be cool again but it didn't just heal him it it recontextualized the whole kaiju and made him I, made three into one i wanted a fucking helmet on that kaiju no, so did I. I even if it was a bicycle helmet i would have been happy i would have, i would have appreciated the armor it would have looked fucking cool but but i did like what we got i thought that was a really intense cool looking bad. kaiju it wasn't bad but that would have been something we'd never seen in a kaiju movie granted i haven't seen every single kaiju movie there is so maybe there is one that has an armored kaiju like there's probably that. some anime or something there's a million there's like eight thousand animes that are all about mech suits and kaiju so mecha godzilla does not count just want yeah. to put that out there <laughs> listeners if you come at me with megazilla he doesn't count it's a full robot it needs to be half kaiju half robot material it's probably happened in gundam or, or robotech or something like that i mean there's so many of those stories i want it live action <laughs> don't come at me with fucking anime people come at me with live action bullshit yeah so what now we got to get to uh the good guys have to basically get their 
last remaining Jaegers ready to take on the the big guy. Yeah. And they basically create like these like so they can fly now. They like create like jetpacks for him. Which was another smoking gun that we knew was going to come into something because Vern Gorman was we can't launch these kaiju fast. Or, God damn it. <laughs> we can't yeah. launch these Jaegers fast enough to get to where the kaijus are in any part of the world. But they noticed that uh, kaiju blood yes. is highly volatile and explodes easier and we can use that as fuel with enough thrust to throw the Jaeger wherever they are. Yeah, I gotta say how cool the uh, visual of four Jaegers launching their jetpacks up looked really fucking cool. It was a RoboCop 3 moment. (laughs) (laughs) The only good part out of RoboCop 3 is when he gets the jetpack. The rest of that movie is pretty much garbage. (laughs) This pulled the one good scene from RoboCop 3 and put it on four Jaegers and it was cool as hell. Definitely. And then the same thing, as cool as it was of them taking off them all landing and basically doing like the superhero pose was really cool too. Yeah, and I'll say these Jaegers don't have the gravity of the first movie. Like they're definitely moving faster. They're they're not they're not Zangief. They're very much Chun Li in this movie in the way that they move. Well especially the one I think it was called like Saber Athena, which is the one that had the katanas. But they even said early in the movie like, oh that's the fastest one ever created or something like that. So they tried to throw a little bit of something in there to make you like it's fast. <laughs> they're doing like a, a soccer slide yeah. <laughs> tackle on, on some of these things and like that wouldn't have been possible with the other movie but i honestly i don't care it's kind of like uh how uh in the original star wars they said that the the lightsabers were heavy like samurai swords mm-hmm. and then uh in the prequels are like we'll just make them fly around and do whatever <laughs> it looks cool yeah this basically had the same feel as that except for i really fucking like this a lot more than the prequels yeah Th- this fight when they all get down there is awesome like i wrote down there's katanas which is awesome. Like that was my favorite suit or Jaeger. Um, Cause she's doing like basically like Kung Fu and like samurai shit. And then you have like the one that has like the thing, I think it's called the arc whip, which is really cool. And then there's the, the fucking, I didn't know what to call it. I wrote down the gut gun where she like drops down into the stomach of one of the Jaegers and like fires those giant shells, the size of cars. And then yeah. can, like, and then can turn around and go to the back of it and shoot from that like there's so many cool weapon designs in this thing and, and because the fights are faster they're also more visually interesting i i admit i, I do say one of the strong points of guillermo del toro's uh, movie is the gravity of it but we've already done that now let's get into the stupidity uh physics yeah. of it and like there's one point where i think it was gypsy gets hit and then they brace themselves with the two swords through the fucking buildings yeah. and that's one of the coolest shots in the entire movie Yes, like definitely. there are people dead in those buildings <laughs> but at least gypsy was able to brace themselves and go back into attack mode i think they tried to use a line there was a line it was said really quick where when everything's first happening you see a bunch of people on the streets running and there's a line that's like really quick that basically says like you know oh the, the people on the streets are the last remaining civilians uh, everyone else is in the bunkers you know how many people are in that <laughs> millions <laughs> and millions there's people don't there's exactly no way all those people are in bunkers that's probably just something they tell the Jaeger pilots so that they don't feel bad about murdering yeah. countless innocent people. Yeah, millions of people died for sure. <laughs> we talked about the Jaeger. Bl- 
damn it, the kaiju blood being highly volatile. Eventually, uh, because apparently these kaiju can think pretty well, they can even make plans and everything. They're trying to go to a volcano in Hong Kong. Mount Fuji. Yeah, Mount Fuji. And uh, get their blood mixed in with that and it'll basically destroy the entire world with the explosive measure of yeah, it. Yeah, the amount of blood that's in the kaiju mixed with the amount of pressure and heat and explosiveness in the volcano will cover the the world basically terraforming it for the what do they call them the precursors to well, take the, over the precursors are the ones that are doing the scouting to do that for the actual creatures that yeah. are coming through which i think if we got a sequel we'd get beyond the precursors we get the mid cursors or whatever yeah. <laughs> i do love how wacky the idea is of a fucking kaiju jumping into a volcano and covering the earth and terraforming the earth like that's crazy it's fun it's yeah, stupid super fun. it's fun I everything in this movie is so much more fun they have in order to stop the the kaiju from getting into the volcano they use the the blood thrusters to get them really fucking high and then uh they drop yeah. it into drop it on top of it just gonna go ram this fucker really fast yeah like, they're gonna jump is- off the rings like a wrestler and body slam <laughs> this kaiju and destroy it and i love the incorporation of what we were talking about earlier they bring back scrapper scrapper saves the day i love it yeah scrappers because they can't the ejection's all messed up and then scrapper just comes in piloted by shaw who we thought was a villain but ended up being like this great sexy woman and she hooked it up remotely so she can do it like her drones like i thought that was yep. cool all that's all that's great for a while i was like they they just pushed a scrapper onto there and like forgot about him and then uh, nope climax they ripped out although that was the long long fucking fall they were oh. falling down much longer than they were going up and i would think it'd be the <laughs> opposite of that yeah, but I don't care. Time doesn't matter as long as you're telling a good story. And this was telling yeah. a good story the entire time. I, like I complained about the length of the first movie, but this one went well. It, it didn't go over two hours, which is nice. It went pretty yeah. close to two hours, but uh, like an I hour, it's I like an hour fifty. I didn't feel like anything was wasted in this. No, like that's what we were saying after it ended. Like me and my wife were saying, like it was never boring. It was never like, oh my god, like how when, how long is this gonna go? Like it was always just go 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 go. Like there was there was maybe like one scene where they're kind of having like a heart-to-heart talk and it was like it wasn't even like boring it was like it was, it was it was a training heart-to-heart which i like that kind of stuff i yeah. lo- I, I still wish we got a full-on training montage but we got closer to that than what we got with Gimilio del, del toro's movie yeah no definitely and yeah it was just go 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 and the act like we were saying earlier the i think i think i'm trying to remember but i think all the action is like daytime which makes it so unique and awesome and you can see everything and oh it's just they did everything better burn gorman had a more pivotal role in it like he's he's definitely the the man in the seat for this thing and telegraphing where the action needs to go and being as eccentric and interesting as possible the entire time while while charlie day is being evil and laughing at buildings falling down and stuff he's just on a roof he's just on a roof laughing at when whenever the his kaiju like you know win a fight he's just like ah, ha, ha, ha. it's so good there was one good part where uh one of the kaiju gets like face to face with him within like foot of his face and charlie day's a lot smaller than a yeah. kaiju where he's like uh you're not doing this work i'm doing all this work stop yeah. laughing so much <laughs> yeah and he you know just lets him go and he's kind of like oh shit okay don't piss him off yeah. he got put um, in his place a little bit with no words and it was telegraphed so well through the cgi and that kaiju it's good 
direction, I wish Stephen Day Knight did more movies. And I, I, I was wondering what, before Charlie Day gets caught at the very end, he's about to go do a plan B. And before he can even do it, he gets punched in the face by Scott Eastwood. But I was wondering, I was like, I wonder what, what was plan B? Like, there had to, he had to have something up his sleeve. I wonder what it was. Well, they did do the precursor for a sequel and Charlie Day was like, you think you defeated me? You haven't seen enough of me. We're going to come back at you even harder. It's like, oh yeah. man, I wish that <laughs> sequel had happened well have you heard anything about the, the cartoon Netflix? show yeah i, I haven't, haven't watched it. i heard it's reviewed very well i read up that it's reviewed very well i don't I'm know gonna, if it's a prequel or what like uh my money's gotten tight with the recent move and everything but after i get my money in order i'm gonna get netflix back and see how that went because i'm hearing good things about the anime but i really would love another live action movie i don't think it's happening i wonder if camilio del toro is gonna dip his foot in this again because uh, he recently said these he has like one or two more movies and then he's just gonna go all animation for his work two more live action movies and he's going animation i don't know if he'll stick with that i kind i'm like questionable on it with quentin tarantino too (laughs) i don't like these directors put uh, mandates on what they're going to do for the end of their career. And like this, uh, I, I don't think they have it in them to walk away from it. I'd be okay with Camilo del Toro walking away from, uh, from movie. I think Tarantino has it in him because he, he can do a bunch of other stuff, but Guillermo, I think is just going to keep going. Why not? I would be okay with both of them walking away. As much as I, I actually am a fan of Quentin Tarantino, but uh, I think he's lost the ability for brevity. I heard he, lo- I think he lost uh, the woman that used to edit his movies and made him reasonable. And now yeah, Quentin Sally, Tarantino, uh, Sally, Sally Menke. Yeah, I didn't know her name, but thank you for that. <laughs> and uh, now his movies are going three plus hours long, and they don't need to be. So uh, as long as he doesn't have a good editor, I'm I'm good with Quentin Tarantino bowing out because uh, yeah. his last few movies, I think his last great movie was Django Unchained. After that, they've just been there's been moments of greatness, but they're way too fucking long. And uh, long. Leonardo DiCaprio's thing in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was boring. I I liked uh, DiCaprio's part, but Leonardo DiCaprio's part was boring. <laughs> Did, did. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is his second best. Bullshit. <laughs> Bull. You you got like I put Pulp Fiction at the start. Reservoir Dogs, Kill Bill, Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained. Yeah, Once I mean, Upon a Ho- Time in Hollywood doesn't even get. You didn't even mention the best movie. The best movie is fucking Jackie Brown. I've never been able to get through it. I've cried. <laughs> I I will maybe do an episode of it on the podcast. But I was excited for it because I like the people in that movie, and I just I've fallen asleep all four times. I tried watching Jackie Brown. Oh, I don't think I could fall asleep watching that movie. I love it. Anyway, to be fair, I could fall asleep during any fucking movie because I'm always <laughs> tired now. Like that's why that's one of the reasons why I watch most of the movies for this podcast at the gym is because yeah. I've yet to be able to fall asleep on an elliptical. But I have <laughs> fallen asleep standing up before, so it's maybe just a matter of time before even an elliptical can't save me. It could happen. All right, I think we talked about everything without talking about absolutely every single scene in here. We want to leave some things for you guys to check out. Kelly is. Pacific Rim Uprising, a bloody good film. I did not expect this going into this movie at all. I'm going to say this is a bloody great film. I fucking loved all of it. Like, I was never bored. Looked awesome. Loved all the characters. Loved the daytime fights. Designs were cool. Weapons were cool. Destruction was cool. I literally didn't not... I liked everything. Like, it was a bloody great film. Great time. Go see it if you haven't. It's fun. Super fun. I hate 
that I listened to reviews back then and saw everybody trashing all over this movie and decided not to see it in theaters. So I've seen the Gilmelio del Toro one, but I have not seen the Stephen Day Knight one in theaters. And this was a brand new movie for me this week. I came in with extremely low expectations. I'm on the same page with you. This is a bloody great film. This is fun from start to finish. I don't have any notes. I like all the characters in this movie. This is an extremely fun kaiju movie. The human characters don't suck. You don't have to make a kaiju movie with boring fucking characters. It's not that serious of a subject. The only movie that ever needed to be serious was the first Gojira. Everything else after that, make it fun because kaijus are giant fucking monsters. There's there's like one movie that managed to make it work seriously. Everything else has to go stupid to make it work. Go stupid. Go fun. This is a bloody great film. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Kelly, do you have anything that you got to pitch this week? You know what I'm going to plug right now is Pacific Rim Uprising. Go watch it. It's awesome. And Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema on Facebook. That's yes. a fun fucking page with people that pretty much like movies and don't just go out of their way to talk about how much they hate movies. It does happen occasionally, but it's not as prominent. It happens here yeah. and there. It's not as prominent as I've seen in uh, other movie groups. And I'm in a lot of movie groups. And that's probably that and Do You Love Horror are probably my favorite Facebook groups to talk about horror movies definitely thank you for coming on kelly no problem love it all right scheduled for next week and we have probably more guests than we usually do because people want to argue with me because uh we're doing cloverfield and if you've listened to me before that's not one of my favorite movies maybe not even one of my second third fourth fifth seventh eighth hundredth favorite movies so tune in next week for cloverfield all right the beers are empty which means this must be the end of the episode thank you for listening Make sure to go and follow our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and even a little TikTok. Follow us on Spotify, iTunes, wherever it is you get your podcast. Leave us five stars, leave us a review, and let us know what you think. Helps boost our feed in the algorithm, gets us in front of a few new people. Huge shout out to Soul Grinder for our intro and outro music. Make sure you give them a follow at Soul Grinder Official and at Marrowgate. Thank you to Alvarium.art for our podcast art. And remember... Keep it bloody, buddies! done a jaeger bomb in years i haven't done one in years by choice because i'm not a fan of jaeger or jaeger bombs 
I love Jaeger bombs. I just never have them. I, I never own. I never have Jaeger. I should say. I, I don't hate it. I, I actually like the black licorice flavor, but I, I'm more of a beer person. It's the only reason why I don't drink a lot of them. Yeah, I just, I mean, yeah, I don't even have Jaeger in the house. We have every other type of alcohol. I think Jaeger is the only thing we don't have. Well, there's like a liquor store uh, down the street from her, and I just bought this for a buck twenty-five today. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't had Jaeger in so long. Like, I, I kind of forgot. I mean, yeah, it's black licorice but I kind of forgot what it even tastes like just because it's like I want to forget. It tastes like black licorice, and I actually think black licorice might be a little bit better than red licorice. That's just crazy. They're both good licorice. I like them both. But... I'll tell you what is gross is anyone who says they'll take Twizzlers over red vines. Yeah, uh, Twizzlers are garbage. Nasty. It's like eating rubber. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little bit of sugar put on it. I don't even. I don't even understand Twizzler people. Like. Do, do they not have like a texture problem with it? Besides yeah. the fact that it's almost flavorless, it's like a drop of sugar on each uh, vine, maybe. Yeah, but uh, the garbage. consistency is rubber. Garbage. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't. I don't believe those people are being factual. I think they're being contrarian. <laughs> yeah. Like if if they had a, a hidden camera on them in a room full of like red vines or Twizzlers, and they're all by themselves. They're picking up the red vines. They're going for the red vines. For sure. 